0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary trainer and world-class friend, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how are you? I feel better after you said all those nice things. <laughs> Easy to say nice things about nice people.
1: I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Oh, well, you look good. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, I'm feeling, you know, feeling extra proud. I feel proud every day as a father. Uh, and I feel blessed every day as a father and as a... Person who has good family, my wife, everything, good friends, like you just talked about, blessed. But um, my son just got a promotion with the Raiders. Uh, the GM Mike Mayock, who I think is going to do a tremendous job there, along with Gruden, uh, just promoting him. and it's it's a good thing, you know. It makes you feel good uh, to see your children get what they work hard to get and get closer to that place. And my daughter started a big trial in Queens today uh with her law firm Wilson Elsner. So uh again, she's pursuing her dreams, her goals and that's nothing better than that. that's the important
0: stuff I always tell people you're only as happy as your saddest kid and when all your kids are happy it's easy to be happy yourself (laughs) and that's a big promotion for your uh, son I saw uh, Mike Mayock gave him a shout out at the press conference after the um, draft that uh, Teddy Jr. had done some uh, had recommended some really good prospects that they took a chance on and things are working out so kudos to Teddy Jr. well done
1: thank you thank you we uh Want to talk about boxing or you? No, let's uh, get into it. Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, sure gave, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we
0: gave. I just wanted to make sure we gave. Greatest baby. <laughs> Super Bowl baby. Well, as Las long Vegas as the, long like as the Patriots four, are still in the league, Super Bowl might be a bit aggressive, but. <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: Why would it be aggressive? Why? Why didn't the Philadelphia Eagles go from pretty bad from the basement to the penthouse, so to speak?
0: Yeah, they did. In one year? Yeah, yeah. yeah huh? Yeah. Huh? They huh? got a lucky one past the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the Patriots don't win, I'm, I'm pulling for Teddy Jr. and the Raiders.
1: Before before this show's over, we'll get rid of
0: that if. We'll
1: just say, I'm pulling for Teddy and the Raiders. <laughs> and the hell with the, the Patriots and Tom Brady. They've had enough. They've had enough. Yeah, uh, that's never's enough. Fair uh, right. Let's never's get enough. into some Never of these enough.
0: fights. There's a bunch of good ones to cover. Let's start off with the Terence Crawford Amir Khan fight. To me, not much revealed there in terms of the performance. It looked like Crawford, in my opinion, was outclassing him on all well, I levels. I think there was a
1: lot revealed. I mean, you know, he's a better manager, and I said this before the fight. You know, it's easy just to say stuff. You know, after. Yeah. I mean, where's the risk to that? As there's no, there's no weak. Uh, you know, branches you're climbing out on there. You no, know,
0: Yeah, you're climbing Redwoods, baby. In terms of the performance, there wasn't a lot revealed. However, I was quite... He's just a better manager, though. Was He's a better
1: manager and a better promoter than he is a fighter. 100%. And, and he got fights that... And again, I've seen this before. Yeah. Because it would be too easy to say it after. And it would be wrong. Right. But, you know, he gets fights that other fighters deserve more. And, you know, I mean... I get you have to bring a promotional value to it, but that promotional value is overstated.
0: Well, I you think know, the, promotional, either. the promotional value to me is out the window because the one big revelation there was, I'm still shocked that watching even replays of it, that he took the first chance he could to get out of there. That low blow, okay, maybe a little bit low, but... You've seen people overcome much It was power. low
1: and it was on the side. And listen, we're not in his body. Fair. Let's, let's say that. But um, they do wear protective cups. And, uh, for, you know, you want to have the kids leave the room for a minute? I'll describe how, their, how protective cups first were promoted. When they first came out with it, it's it's iron encased in leather. Mm-hmm. And it fits around the groin area, obviously. And when they first promoted it, they had a guy wear it. I wish we had a baseball bat. I'd have you demonstrate it right now. And, <laughs> and the guy would stand there with the cup on, mm-hmm. and the other guy would take the baseball bat, whack! And he was still standing afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he was very careful with the placement. You You make sure you have an even swing. But... <laughs> Uh, the point is, he's got a cup on. It was on it Now, if it hits on the wrong angle, I get it. I understand that. But this was more on the side of the leg. Uh, listen, can that cause problems too? Yeah. But did he behave like a fighter when the moment came to behave like a fighter? I think most people would say probably not. Uh, you know, and again, I what I used to do, we're not in his body. I'll say it again. That's for sure. But when I used to do Friday Night Fights with ESPN, I put together a list of everything Mm -hmm. so I could pull it out. So I pulled out a list of guys who have fought with problems. And Tyrell Biggs, you guys remember him. Mm -hmm. And and listen, he, he was a gold medalist, heavyweight, and... Didn't have the glorified career everybody was hoping he would have because Tyson took him apart. But still, this is a guy that was a a fighter. He was obviously fought for the world title. Uh, He did get taken apart by Tyson when Tyson was Tyson. But he he behaved like a fighter when the moment came. He fought with a broken collarbone that he got in the second round, and he won a ten round decision with Jeff Sims. Uh, Benny Bass, if you're going back, great fighter broke his collarbone in the second round versus Tony Cantoneri, and he lost a 15-round decision. Mark Breland went into a welterweight title fight with a broken hand against Harold Volbrick, and he won by KO. Floyd Patterson, I know this firsthand because my man, my mentor, Customato, had Floyd Patterson, and they went into the Archie Moore fight with a broken hand. They knew they might never get another opportunity to fight for the title. So what do you do? Right? You bite down. You go do what you got to do. Right? So did he bite down when the moment came? No. Again, are we aware the time has passed? We haven't heard any kind of uh, news or any kind of uh, dramatic news that there was something else at play there. Uh, you just, you're getting that kind of money and there's a responsibility. It's not the opera. All right? For the people out there who say, well, you know, I got get her. I'm with you, I'm with you but you know what they have a responsibility the fighters to behave like a fighter to get through things if you look up the definition of fighter in Webster's I'm not positive exactly you're a lot smarter than me you've gone to all kinds of colleges you, That's could, up prob- for debate. you could probably fill this place with all kinds of degrees and stuff you know get rid of some <laughs> of these pictures and put those those degrees up there and stuff uh, I like the pictures right now, but it would be beautiful. But the point is that you know this this is a guy that when the moment came, he he didn't find a way to overcome. And in Webster's Dictionary, for me, fighter. Well, the premise of a fighter, the definition, the pure definition. The definition I would go by, the living definition, overcoming. You know, I mean, again, Webster's might, you know, have something much more, you know, deeper and detailed, and but overcoming, finding a way.
0: Finding was, a way. He didn't find a way. It looked almost sad to me because it looked to me, you're, you're being diplomatic. Someone being a little more harsh would say, he just quit right right on TV. I mean, he was just, I've had enough. There's nothing I can do. I'm helpless in here.
1: The ref and, didn't do a good job. See, we try to, again, this show, if there's value to the show, I want to be that We we don't just do a quick, you know, scan going through the grocery line. Mm-hmm. We we try to do a little bit deep X ray of things, and if it's difficult to say something, we will still say it. Yep. If it's uncomfortable to say something, we'll be uncomfortable because it's there to be said. And I think that the referee did a lousy job. He, you know, he he could have said what you're supposed to say as a ref. You have five minutes. Never said that. Exactly. Never said that. Yes. You know, I'm not saying it would have made a difference if the guy made up his mind that this was his out. If this was his parachute to get out, well, then he was going to pull the cord and he was going to get out. But still, do your job as a ref. We're asking a fighter to do his job. Do your job as a ref. Explain. Get, get everything together. Be organized. And say, okay, you got five minutes.
0: Yeah, that was the part of that confused me. You should just, he should have just grabbed the fighter and said, you have five minutes, stand over, neutral corner, recover. Control then, the issue. Control exactly, the situation. He's looking at, he's asking the corner, can he continue? It, it was just, like you said, it was confusion, and the ref could have done a better job of taking control of the situation, and it seemed to spiral. And like I said, just watching him basically quit, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Well, I'd describe what would be worse if he's rewarded now, you know, with a Kell Brook fight for that.
0: 100%.
1: That'd be worse. And listen, I know our brothers over there across the pond, we have a love-hate relationship. You know, we we joke with each other. And if there's any hate, it's on your side. Because there's no tinge of hate over here. Just love. Just love. There's no hate. And, um, you know... I hate to walk into a pub there and, you know, seeing darts is big over there. See my face <laughs> in the dartboard. But it's it's love over here. And I would just say that Barnum and Bailey, don't make Barnum and Bailey's saying true. When he said that great promoter, there's a sucker born every two minutes. Don't make him right. Don't make him right. And, and the cons made enough money. He's he's never, you know, God willing, he's never going to be, you know, on a bread line. He's never going to be in a situation that a lot of people can be in that don't have the means to take care of things you want to take care of in life. He's made a lot of money and hopefully he'll take care of that money properly and always be able to be in a happy place and a good place with himself and his family. But let someone else make it now. Yeah. Because you've had the opportunity uh, to go and... And that was the the plan, that after this fight, you know, decent showing, you go and you make the Kel Brook fight, which over there, there was interest. Yeah. But now to make that, uh, that would that would be like
0: rubbing salt in a wound. 100%. Well, I don't want to give Khan too much of the airtime versus Terrence Crawford, who did everything that he had no, to Crawford do. Crawford did a tremendous
1: great. job. Looked good. Listen, we, again, before the fight, not yeah, after the fight, yeah, yeah. talked about how – Khan makes mistakes. You know, he's got good physical skills. He's got good assets. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got good long arms. He's got some wheels. Obviously, has a lot of experience. But he always makes mistakes. Always, technically, habit-wise, intellectually, does something wrong at the wrong time. Never corrected the mistake of... Understanding range with his jab, where you jab from a disc. Everyone says, Oh, jab, it's a great weapon. It's a dangerous weapon if you don't use it properly, like any weapon. If you don't load it right, if you don't clean it, if, if you don't fire it in, in safe places at the right time, if it's not in the right hands, it's dangerous. So the jab, as great a weapon as it is, you throw it from too close, bang, you get hit the right hand. You got to throw it from the right range, where you're outside of the right hand range. He doesn't. He throws it from too close. That's why I said before the fight that Crawford, who's maybe the best switch hitter in the history of the sport. Yeah, it's a big statement. Uh, He's, like I said before, he's Mickey Mantle for me. You know, Mickey Mantle was a great power hitter from either side of the plate, left to your right in baseball, And, um, and with average. Well... That's what Crawford does. He can hit from either side of the plate with power and with average and not miss a beat. And that's why I thought where he usually turns southpaw very early, in this fight he should come out orthodox. And why? Well, because Khan makes that mistake of being vulnerable to a straight right hand. If you come out southpaw, you're taking the straight right hand out of the play, out of the equation. You want to have it in the play box. You want to have it in the toolbox. So you have it in the toolbox if... Crawford comes out orthodox. You got that straight right hand that can work against Crawford or against Khan. And he did. He came out as I thought he might because he's smart and his people are very smart. And they're always ready for the, the moment in front of him. Always. So they, I can't give Crawford's team enough credit. They always have this guy ready for what he's going fi- to face. And so he comes out in the first round knowing that Khan makes mistakes. And knowing that one of his big mistakes is he throws that jab from too close. Knowing that it's the straight right hand that can catch him. So he comes out orthodox. So he's got the straight right hand ready. Instead of coming out southpaw where the straight right hand wouldn't be available. Mm-hmm. And bang! Catch him a little late in the round.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's where Khan survived it. Yeah. But right away he made a mistake. Bang, caught him. And then, you know, Khan survived some rounds. Uh Give him credit; he survived some rounds. But then, what well, was around the fifth round, six, whatever it was, where Crawford started putting water in the basement. Yeah, you know, take those wheels away. Good way to take the tires away. Take a, you know, take a little air out of the tires. Yeah, you know, somebody's got good tires. Take some air out. Body punching takes a little air out, mm-hmm. and he starts going down there. Then he's going up and down. Boy, it was it was nice. You started taking them apart a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and then we got to where we got to.
0: Yeah, he definitely made a case for uh, his argument to be in the top of the pound-for-pound with Lomachenko. I think those two, along with Spence, are um, three really good candidates up there. Um, I think Crawford's opponent was a little bit better than Loma's, but they both looked really good, did what they had to do. I'd love to see this Spence-Crawford fight. What do you think of the chances of seeing that get made?
1: A little or none, because the situation... That boxing is in, you know. Boxing. Everybody complained about Don King, and I'm not saying bring Don King back, uh, please. But I'm just <laughs> saying that at least when King was around, he controlled everyone, especially in the heavyweights, so they could fight each other because he controlled everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and 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 it was wrong that he controlled everyone, but he could make fights because he didn't care. Because no matter who won or lost, he won. Yeah. Well, it's the same situation except. Different people control. You got one promoter control, one guy on one side of the street, another guy on the other side of the street, but control another. And, you know, if the fighter that you want to see fight that fighter is with the guy on the other side of the street, you ain't seen it. Yep. <laughs> That's a problem.
0: We're you know, if that guy on division. that side of
1: the street has all the fighters uh, that you want to see fight, all right, you got to gotta see it. But, but if one of those fighters is over there, and in this case, one of those fighters is over there with one of the other guys, yep. he ain't saying it. Unless, you know, it gets to be such a big fight that, you know, the stars line up like Pacquiao and Mayweather, which was... Which was very which, late. Which is never going to... It was late in their careers, yes. But, I mean, it just... Just to see a fight get that big, uh, that's that's... Almost impossible to see again. I mean, then you saw again something become that big, but it wasn't a conventional fight. You know, it was Conor McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, you know, from, from UFC. So That was, it was an outlier. It was, it was different. Yeah.
0: The last big one was Mayweather Pacquiao was the last real big money fight in this era.
1: Beyond real big. I mean, it was yeah. a phenomenon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean I think they were over a hundred million don't happen. And then um yeah, that was uh, – I, I, yeah, I mean, I they agree. made almost as much money as you make. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> I'll take a small percentage. He, he's a good he's, he's smiling. It's great. Well, that will be interesting to see what they do next there because um, the one downside to that um, – Crawford Con fight, and you just touched on it a minute ago, was the uh, really poor numbers. The pay-per-view numbers were terrible. I think they were 150,000. If
1: 150. Again, yeah. what do we do? And we don't, with those numbers, can't even be validated? It,
0: we don't try to move the grocery by, you know, with that, that
1: thing. I wish I invented that thing. <laughs> you know? And then just move by. No, we, we, we're we a little bit more like the guys in the airport. The stuff goes through, we look at it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Some of those guys don't look real close, you know. <laughs> but but we 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 try to look
0: close. I think that um, I think they did about a third of what the Mikey Garcia and yeah. Spence fight did. Granted, look, that's a much more competitive fight, at but it, that's a huge at close, huge difference. 150, again,
1: that's what they're
0: putting out there. Yeah. Looking at it close, I don't know if it's really 150. I'm not Agreed. saying it's not. Yeah, no. I t- I think those numbers tend to get exaggerated also. I, I, I'm, they do sometimes to, are they in this case
1: I don't know for sure but I know they're not bragging about the numbers yeah that tells you something yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. they're not standing on a rooftop saying hey this is what we
0: did yeah that tells you a little something tells you a lot and when asked about it Aram said uh, we're in a new era meaning with the streaming and everything and basically deflected from the question of was it as bad as 150 which is terrible for a big pay-per-view fight it's not
1: good. I mean, it's you're not hitting your numbers. You yeah. know, I mean, but again, uh, sometimes you can be just because you're a great fighter, as Crawford is, doesn't mean that you're always gonna bring great theater, or or people are gonna think you bring great theater, mm-hmm. or or that it's gonna equate into you being. In this case a pay per view Maven. Mm-hmm. You know? And part of that was the guy that he was dancing with. Yeah. You know? It, it wasn't you know, it wasn't Fred Astaire Stan Ginger Rogers, you know. It was it was somebody that had two left feet.
0: <laughs> That's a good description. I mean <laughs> and and an injured foot or yeah. leg like or allegedly. Let's get on to. Uh, we've covered that one pretty in depth. <laughs> You're let's... the man. You are the man. You really are. You're the best. <laughs> let's talk about this um, young welterweight uh, Regis Prograis. Sure. He looked really good. He was fighting um, Carell Relic on the Zone back uh, about a week ago. Um, he looked phenomenal, and uh, I mean, it was one-sided, I mean, one sided though. One came... very very. Uh, I mean the guy was the 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 kid relic was a he's, decent opponent I mean he wasn't a tomato he was at
1: top level most of the time he won one fight at the top level uh or out of Close to the top level, you you'll see it right there. You go ahead, you read it off. He has
0: had two losses coming into the fight, one against Rancis Bartholomew and yeah. uh, Ricky Burns, both unanimous. And decisions. then he beat Bartholomew for a world title. That's right.
1: Yeah, so that's his big win at at a top level, yep. and and yeah, he's lost at the top level, and but he's got that one win, and he listen, he he never got started, and uh, he was dominated. You're right, he was, but again. Uh, you want to see something coming back at the guy a little bit uh, before you say, before you go on that mountaintop, I use that analogy again and start screaming that, hey, come look at what I'm watching here or come here. You We're going to see another great one, you know, coming down the path before you do that. Or well, like Bill Parcells used to say about Tony Romo, before you start getting out the Hall of Fame anointment oils and putting it all over them, uh, let him play a full season, you know, <laughs> when, when Tony Romo was first being seen. But let the guy play a full season before we go too crazy. Let him be in there with guys that contest him a little more. But I get what you're saying. He dominated the fight. But he does it in a reckless way. He does it with his hands down. And you wonder if he can get away with that. He reminded me a little bit, I'm going back a little bit, but of Prince Ahmed. Yeah. Remember him?
0: Asim Ahmed, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the big difference was Ahmed, first of all, Ahmed made a lot of money because he was across the pond. Hey, fellas, how you doing? (laughs) Love you guys. Um, Across the pond where, again, uh, no LeBron James, no Tiger Woods. You guys hate to be reminded of that. But it's not bad. I'm just saying, you got soccer, and you got everything there, and snooker, everything. But you don't have the competition that you have here. And so you can be built up bigger as a fighter, as Joshua is huge. yeah, And Ahmed was huge, and he made huge money. God bless him. But, you know, it would be almost impossible for pro-grays to do that here. Yeah, Maybe over there. But... He's similar in the way that Hamed was very awkward, very unorthodox. Would we, would we'll say we have our great producer and man here, Rob Moore, who immediately knows what to do. And look, you you see that head movement, you see the hands down, and you see they're both southpaws. Hamed switches from orthodox to the lefty, but Prograce are a southpaw, I believe. And so the big difference, you just saw it there, power. Progress don't have the pure power you know, punches, pure punches are born, and are not made. Mm-hmm. They are. And Hamed was born with pure power. He had, he did have that great eraser in either hand. And, but look, the, the awkwardness, the timing, the the craziness, the athleticism, the showmanship, you know, I see similarities, not with the showmanship with pro doing all that stuff, but just, again, the athleticism. with the awkward, just, yeah, and with the awkward, uh, unorthodox approach. Yeah. Uh, and he he keeps those hands down, and that that can be dangerous at some point. Yeah. At some point, you can pay the piper for that. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy named uh, there was a piper. You know what his name was? Antonio Barrera. He was he was All the right. piper. One day he came along with Mister. Hamed and guess what? That stuff didn't work so well mm-hmm. against Antonio Barrera. But progress, yeah he he made a he made a good splash uh, with that fight.
0: Well, to, um, to Pro his credit, I mean, he has a win over Joel Diaz, who was 23 and 0 at the time. He beat Julius Ndongo after Crawford beat him, who, uh, Ndongo was 22 and 1 coming into the fight. Granted, he had a huge loss against Crawford, a vicious knockout. And, uh, but to Pro his credit, he said after the fight, he said, look, I get it. I haven't, I don't have the same, something to the effect of, I don't have these big names, but he's like, I can't get them to fight me. All I can do is beat the people that are in front of me and the people that keep showing up. I keep knocking well, them up. I'm not arguing. Yeah. You
1: no i'm with you but i'm just saying i can't like bill parcells said the great bill parcells he better be watching this podcast bill no you better be watching you'll be tired there's no excuse and it's not summertime you're not up in saratoga with your racehorses yet hold on you better be watching
0: this he's texting me right now he said tell teddy i'm watching yep all
1: right thanks bill appreciate that (laughs) you know and but before you get those anointment for the Hall of Fame oils out, let him let him go down the road a little bit more. That's yeah. yeah but, but that's I, fair. I'm, with you. I'm, that's I'm fair. with you.
0: I'm curious to see what he does. He looked exciting. He was uh hyped after the fight, needless to say, He's calling for everyone like uh, you would expect a champion to do. So but you know what
1: I didn't like doing that fight? Uh and again, you don't wanna hear the truth and then turn the knob because and, and listen, there's gonna be some guys out there that Maybe they like us. Some guys are going to say, oh, he, he wasn't nice to me. I, I'm not trying not to be nice. I'm just trying to, if there's something that's there to be said, to say it. Yeah. Instead of trying to be friends with everyone. I mean, that's kind of not our job right now. You know, just to, not to be enemies with anyone, but to say what has to be said. Louis Pobon, uh the, the, referee. the referee. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's good. And, and sometimes I have doubts about him. I have doubts of whether or not uh, he favors people. You know, you can figure that out any way you want to figure it out. Why somebody would favor somebody in this business. You go figure it out. But uh, he, he, he... He was horrible in that fight. Yep. He almost got the guy that you're bragging about knocked out. He almost got the champion knocked out. There was no way the champion could lose except if something crazy happened. And... The referee, Pabon, steps in and split second interferes late. a split the second late. And watch, boom! And he staggers
0: him. Staggered him bad. I mean, are you kidding? The guy hit him. The bell sounded maybe about one or two He's seconds late. In. What are you
1: doing? You can't do that, Mister Ref, Mister Ref. Ref punches being thrown. It's a dangerous place. You can't do that. Yep. That that's like, that's like when you get into a fight and somebody grabs you while the other guy's still, while the guy
0: other guy's still swinging. Yep, yeah. <laughs> that's not right. That's exactly what happened. Pro <laughs> Grays, the bell sounded. Pro Graze relaxed, put his hands down for a split second, and the kid hit him with a bomb right on the jaw. I mean, Wobbles that's a him badly. Job.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing, a couple things that Relic is not a banger. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, take one more look. One more look.
0: It was a huge shot.
1: I mean, some of these refs,
0: I mean, come on, you can't be better than
1: that. Are you kidding? And he's going to ref again. If I'm the commissioner, if I'm the boxing czar, and I don't want that job. Mm -hmm. I'll say it again. I don't want it. But if I were, he's sitting down. He's not refing. That's the problem with this sport. In the NFL, in the MLB, in the NHL, NBA, make a mistake like that in those sports, you're sitting down. Because there's a commission that's going to say you're sitting down. Because we can't have this. you got to get better. Mm-hmm. But he ain't going to sit down. Just like these these refs, these these judges, that, that horrible judging. Remember, you go back some years with Canelo. Canelo lost every round to Mayweather. And one judge had a what?
0: A draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, if it was lunchtime, I'd start to get queasy again. Yeah. I, mean, I just thinking about it. Are you kidding me? And and here's the worst part. That should be the worst part. That judge, a woman happened to be, judged again right after that. Like I mean, like judged I don't know how far after, but but judged again. Like should never be judging again. I I'd have move on, move
0: forward. <laughs> that covers the pro-Grace fight. I don't want to beat a dead horse there, but I want to talk to you at length about the um, Canelo-Danny Jacobs fight. You see that Derby? You see that Kentucky Derby talking about horses? Yeah. Can you imagine the drama? Imagine if you had the trifecta with the winner who got disqualified and the guy who had the trifecta after the disqualification, all the emotions and money-changing hands on that that DQ. My
1: my son-in-law, who I'm very fortunate to have as a son-in-law, his brother... Owns racehorses, yeah, and he had he had the winner until it was no longer the winner. Oh,
0: oh, heartbreaking. They're terrible. Not heartbreaking if you had the guy who who actually were, who was the eventual winner after the DQ. Move on. <laughs> Move on. Well, anyway, I was at the um, Canelo Jacobs fight, courtesy of the great Teddy Alice. Thank you again for the tickets. My wife and I had a great time. Um, Can't do enough good things for good people. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, I purposely tried to avoid watching the fight again because I watched it from the stadium. And I know from speaking to you after after the fight what your thoughts were on. But I'll tell you what I thought from the stadium and then I'm going to turn it over to you. But when I was watching from the stands, it looked to me. Like it was a one-sided fight for Canelo. It looked like Canelo was coming forward. Danny was throwing a lot of pitter-pat punches. This again, this is my view from the stands. It looked like he was throwing kind of get-off-me punches. You're he, had not a, wrong. he had a few nice exchanges. He ran on a bun. But I thought Canelo just walked him down all night, landed the faster, harder shots, and Danny. I don't want to say he. It looked to me like he was scared, but he didn't seem to want to engage aggressively or come forward. You know, I watched some clips of it afterwards, and I do have a slightly different view after watching on TV. But that was my take. I want to hear what you had to think, what what you think of it, and what There's you have no to say. There's
1: no more. Would you take it all? You know what you're watching. Um, it was two fights. So you described it beautifully. There was there were two fights. It was the first fight, and there was one guy trying to win, and the other guy trying to survive. They didn't find himself, didn't get comfortable yet. Danny Jacobs, whatever way you want to use it to describe it. Um, but didn't get into the fight yet. There was one guy flicking jabs. There was one guy throwing hard, meaningful jabs Yeah, to do damage, to get through a door, to break a door down. Uh, that was Canelo. There was one guy being a boss. There was the other guy being bossed. Yeah. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. No, no, that's what it looked like.
1: And it looked like, which I, again, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. So, we won full truth and transparency on both sides of the street, even when it comes and shines a light on me or him that maybe we were off. I was off. I thought that I'll say it again I was off not off with the winner, but off that, I thought that there was a good chance in handicapping this fight before the fight officer. I wish I could handicap him after that's that's that would be pretty good percentage I would have, I would hope, of winning, that I thought that Canelo could stop Jacobs late, break him down and be too physically strong, maybe too mentally strong, but too physically strong, and break him down late in the fight. I thought maybe somewhere 8, 9, you know, yeah. s- somewhere in that, and didn't turn out that way. He won the fight. Some people thought bigger than others. Uh, The judges had it more towards what I had it. Uh, The commentators thought it was bigger for Canelo. But, and maybe some other people did too. But it was two fights. It was the first fight of a guy trying to survive, a guy not sure of himself. The other guy that was in control and looked like he was going to push him off the cliff. And it looked like the naturally bigger guy was the bigger guy physically. You could see the size difference. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was I'm not, it was almost startling. I looked at it, I said, wow. And you see, he's a bigger guy. Yeah. But he wasn't a bigger guy where it counted. Right. He wasn't a bigger guy in, in who feels they're bigger, who behaves bigger. That was Canelo. And Canelo gets to in the first six rounds. He's pushing him. Looks like he's got a chance to... Push him off that cliff Yeah. if he keeps going. And then after about six, he stops. He slows down. Now, look, I'm not here to make excuses, but I'm here to illuminate, to to put light on every possibility. And he wears a knee brace. Uh, again, I don't want to go down there and make an excuse for anyone. I don't have to. But he wears a knee brace, Canelo. And there was a little talk about it before the fight that he can't do as much road work as you use. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get cardiovascular conditioning besides just traditional road work. But it's your responsibility to find those ways. Yeah. And it, it, well, did it look like he, he he started to gas, like the petrol started going towards this side, you know, a little bit towards the E? Yeah. Was that that? We don't know for sure. But it looked like... That was happening. He was starting to have vapors instead of you know strong fumes uh, with with petrol to burn. Uh, the bottom line is he went from dominating to where he opened the door for Jacobs to get back in. Yes. It looked like Jacobs was on his way out the door. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go a couple places here with this. I'm gonna say that. I'm always saying fighters can't get enough money can't get enough money give them more because of the risk of that's that's connected with what they do. but is anybody worth three hundred sixty million dollars? i don't know if you can get it, you are, but in the world we live in today, everything is exaggerated everything is is about you know what what is neon what what like like a guy hits a ball five hundred feet in baseball give him another hundred million. <laughs> why, why not? Yeah. Right. What the hell? Why not? Give another hundred me, you know. And so, does that mean that they're great in in all the dimensions that really equate into greatness? Does it? I, and why are we so quick to say somebody's great? But back, there was a day when we were more careful with that word. Now a, a guy hits a ball, a guy jumps up and dunks backwards. He's great! Oh, wait a minute. Let's go a little farther down the road. Before, I think it's part of what goes on in society. We're human beings. I think it's connected to we want to be around and be able to have bragging rights to say we were around when the great ones were around. Yeah. Because it makes our time on earth greater. <laughs> we're human. We like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? We do. If if we can say someone's great, then and we were around to see him, well, <laughs> that's that's better for us. Makes us feel better.
0: <laughs> great you know? by association,
1: you know. So we're around during those times. It's human nature. It's it's part of being a human. And I think that when you go and think about it, Canelo showed in this fight he's not great. And again, those haters out there, just like across the pond, you come now. They're going to be coming from across the Mexican line. Don't, (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it because I think Canelo is terrific. I think he's tremendous for the sport. I think he's a good human being. I think he's great for the sport. I think he's, I, I think he's tremendous. And I think unlike Triple G, he's been improving over the years. Where Triple G Stopped improving. That's one of the things. I thought that Triple G won those two fights with Canelo. I did, but I one thing is Canelo was getting better and has improved, and I give his people credit. I give him credit for that. But if he was great, here's my argument, people. But, you know, put put those daggers away. Put them back. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. You can flick them out again later, right? As long as that stuff can't really come true. We didn't get to that technology yet, did we? <laughs> right? Right, Ken? That can't Not come. yet. I don't All think right. so. So, I'm saying, I'm in the courtroom. I'm thinking of my daughter. She's a lawyer. Exhibit A. With a fight of getting to that point in the ring that I just described, that Canelo had Jacob's hat, where he was starting to push him off the cliff. Yeah. Do you not think that Marvin Hagler would push him off the cliff? No, no, that's fair push him off. Do you not think that he would push him off the cliff like a bulldozer pushes a car that has stalled and sputted? <laughs> because he was stalling and sputtering. Would have got behind it and shoved it out of the way. Yeah, Pushed it right off the highway and off the cliff. Do you have any doubts about that? That Sugar Ray Lennon would have reached in and pulled the carburetor right out of the engine, ripped it right out? Why? They were great. What what makes them great? What makes them a little bit different, a little bit special? Because they were excavators. Yeah, they were people that dug and they dug deep to look for things all the time. Yeah. They were they were searchers. They they were they were explorers. They were guys that would explore into caves and, and places. They would dig and they would keep digging and they weren't Afraid of hitting rock. Damn it! If they hit rock, they they pull out the sledgehammers and they pulverize the rock. They they just dug for because by digging you could find, and they weren't afraid of finding. They weren't afraid of what they might find by going down, and and there was no light there, and you couldn't see. The guys today they want a, they want a light. They want someone to yell. The ghost is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. And and I'm I'm saying that doesn't make them tremendous and the best of our time. It does. But there's something a little different about being great. It's a little different. And we forgot that. We we kind of forgot that a little bit. Because we want everyone to be great if we're around, because that makes us greater. Yeah. Our time greater. Yeah. But if you're really gonna look at it, these these guys like the ones I just described, Hegel and those guys, they they were they would excavate, they would go, they they weren't worried about what they would run into. Because there was a chance to go deeper, they went deeper. But today it's like some of these guys and I saw it, I i I I saw the symptoms of it in that fight. Yeah. That was like, you know. Well, I'm not sure if I can go any deeper. Maybe I better hold off. I, I better hold off a little bit because I'm feeling rock a little bit maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah or I yeah.
1: might feel rock a little bit. So I'll hold off a little bit. And when he held off, what happened? The door opened a little bit. And to Jacob's credit, he got in there and he started coming back. That's right. And I had the fight where, believe it or not, I had a 115-114. I could have had it 115-113. I had an even round so your choice but a lot of tough rounds to score. But I had it I had it really really close. And again because the door was opened where it probably shouldn't have been open and Jacobs got himself back in it. Yeah. And and Jacobs never got to the point to his and getting we're, we're just saying what I believe. Doesn't mean I'm right but from what my experience what I believe tells me, my experience tells me to believe, is that Jacobs could have went further, but he he went just enough. There were there were he still allowed Canelo in those in the late round to still steal one round. That when you're coming that far behind, you can't allow a guy to steal. Yeah. You got to take them all. You got to take them all. But Jacobs wasn't going to take them all. Jacobs was going to go as far as. That door was left open. Yeah, but he wasn't going to be an excavator either. Yeah, you know, these guys are more and and they're terrific, But they're they're landscapers. And they're listen, landscapers are good. They do beautiful stuff. And these are very high paid landscapers. <laughs> I mean, they, these are these are tremendous landscapers. But they're not the excavators. They're not the explorers. That that explore with. The, it's. I said this one time on the air uh, uh, when we first started this show in some ways are you that guy at the end of the hallway that lets his, gets the water fountain and he lets the water run in his mouth while he's waiting and he's not drinking he's waiting for the boss to pass because he doesn't want to deal with the boss You know, sometimes you got to think about that. Sometimes, you know, he he can be the most brilliant guy in the world, the guy with the mouth in the water. But at that moment, when it comes to facing something, to, to facing something that's difficult for him, because it's all about what's difficult for you, not me or him or him, you. They're all different. And... So he waits and he lets the he he lets the traffic flow and he lets the guy go by and I'm talking about the great ones they never got their freaking mouth in the water fountain they always see what's coming always ready for what's coming why because they 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 have to know they have to know they have to find out and they're willing to find out without Waiting till it passes without waiting till there's a definite green light that it's okay. Without the coast is clear. Yeah. Without the coast is clear. How many people in life can go to that place? You know, and they, you can go to great places, but when you get to that tough place, when you get to that that moment, that moment that you're not sure, everyone wants to know that the coast is clear. How many times you you run? How many times you run competitively with a guy and you're running next to the guy and you're just wondering, I just wish the guy would show me something. Because then I could show myself something that yeah I can do more right am I right no, it's just, a perfect just, analogy. just wish that maybe and and plus I'm trying not to be disgusting so I hope you're not eating but but maybe he goes to spit and he's not strong enough to spit and it comes back on oh he's weak all of a sudden you have energy because yeah. you needed to you needed confirmation that you could do it yeah I'm just saying the great ones don't need that confirmation yeah I'm, I'm I'm saying they. They're just gonna go until they until they find their place. Yeah, and they, even if there's not a light on, even if somebody doesn't spin and show weakness, the great ones don't need to depend on you being weak for them to be strong.
0: Yeah, no, that,
1: that's, that's that's all I'm saying. And I'm not knocking Canelo. I'm not, he, he he might be the best of our time. I, I'm, that's a hell. Of a, by the way, uh, that that's that's a beautiful compliment. I mean, I I, I like him, and he's great for the sport. He's great. He's tremendous. Does not I I've never seen him attached to anything bad. But I'm I'm just saying that if we don't separate things we then
0: everything becomes the same. I think one of the greatest things that Canelo showed me was the second fight against Triple G because I thought he got like run over in that first fight. I thought it was a lopsided win for Triple G and Triple and G And he got G his goal, though. He got yeah, his yeah, draw. yeah. But yeah. He got a draw, but that's a different topic. But I think Triple G dominated him. He was coming forward. Canelo was going back. In the second fight, Canelo came out and literally walked him down. I didn't think that it was as wide a victory for Canelo. I didn't have a problem with him winning. I thought it was closer to a draw, but I was shocked at the difference. I guess you don't
1: like jabs because I thought Triple G won that fight with jabs. And and I guess you don't like
0: jabs. You don't like jabs. Why do you not like jabs? I love him. I just thought that Canelo came in with a completely different game plan and was walking down a big, strong guy. It when was did shocking you start hating me. jabs? I mean, at what <laughs> point in your life did that happen? No, did no, it happen did like, like after,
1: you know, mid-school or before that? No. Or was it a situation that happened one time that a guy was jabbing in the?
0: Oh, I love the jab. It's, it's the topic of conversation with my children every day. Keep that jab up. Keep throwing it. But I was surprised that Canelo was able to adapt and adjust and, and actually be the aggressor in the second fight. Um, but, yeah, in this fight, you hit the nail on the head. It didn't look like either guy wanted to really engage later in the fight. And I think you described it perfectly. At one point, I turned around. There was a Mexican guy behind me sleeping. No no shit. In the stadium, which was heavy pro Canelo. And the guy was sleeping. Is he was just conked out. It was like there were a lot of moments of, like, l- lull. Was he in? <laughs> was he a preliminary fight that you didn't pay attention? And- no, no, no. I, no. Okay. Canelo fan had on all his Canelo swag, taking I, a nap, taking a nap. Yeah, during at the fight. A fight, during the fight, because he thought he had it put away. He was just. <laughs> I guess so. I've got boy. a picture. I've got a picture of it for you. And his friend saw me taking the picture and said, "Hey, that's not very nice." Oh. And my wife got nervous; thought we were going to have a dust up.
1: Everything, I guess, turned out. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Listen, I'm going to go deeper. Uh Because there's got to be reasons why somebody doesn't have one of these strains and other people have those strains. Uh So I'm going to go a tiny bit deeper, even though it's easier sometimes not to. But if there's going to be any worth to this conversation, to this show, then it's got to go to the places where Sometimes there's risk. We just finished talking about uh, fighters that are willing to take that extra risk or not. Yeah. yeah. So, let's go. Um, I wasn't happy with. First of all, I think that both those fighters in the ring are good human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I root for both of them. And how can you not root for Danny Jacobs? The story, beat cancer. Uh, you know, his his. He's articulate. He's he's a decent person. Uh, you know, he says the right things. He's there with his son, his young son. I mean, but I was... And I'm the first to understand I'm not perfect. Uh, far from it. But I know that I'm in control of my choices. And I know that every day my choices affect me, affect my family, it can affect other people and I want to be the best I can in making those choices every day. Again does that make me perfect? That make, that I haven't made bad choices? No, I've made plenty of them but uh, it means that there has to be an accountability to myself for those choices every day. That's all you can do is hold yourself accountable and I think that we've gotten to a society where we don't hold ourselves accountable enough anymore for things I was disappointed, and I love I loved Danny, but I was disappointed in when the weigh-in happened. The language he used, and the language that the way that he acted. I know you can make a mistake. You can you can get angry there. You know, with the face-off, and there was a little head headbutting there. And if you really want to get deep into that, where did that come from? It can come from trying to intimidate somebody. Where maybe. Canelo said something interesting afterwards. Let's examine his words. He said that was fear. Why did he say that When afterwards? He, he didn't say that was bravado. He didn't say that was cl- clown being a clown. He didn't say that was this or this or that. He said that was fear because sometimes people, just what we finished talking about, that sometimes people will look for something else to do their job for them. And sometimes you look for intimidation. Tyson used to do it. Where you look for intimidation to weaken the guy, or you hope it does, yeah. so maybe maybe we're on his head, but maybe you know doing that on Jacob's part, and listen, the other guy moved his head first, but That's then right. Jacob's, yes, yes, but Jacob's I'm here for one reason to sort things out, mm-hmm. not to take sides, yeah, and he then Jacobs took it further, and he did a little something more initiative with it. And is it maybe maybe to react to that or maybe to show something that he could intimidate, to hope that that will help him? That's that's where Canelo was coming from, mm-hmm. that he was thinking that. But then afterwards, when they interviewed him afterwards, you know, he had time to think about it and to make a choice of how he was going to act with it. Mm-hmm. And he made a choice to use the F word. And I'm just saying that we got to be better than that. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm tired of people saying, well, it's boxing, what do you expect? Because I think the fighters are some of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. And um, and they don't they don't act that way. And they don't want to be thought of that way. Mm-hmm. So they don't deserve to be. And I just thought Danny could have been better. Like and I think we need to be accountable for that stuff. I really do. I know people say, "Well, Teddy, you're making too." No, because well, maybe he got angry, Teddy, and you know he used that. To- I ask you, when you get angry and you get your kids around, do you- do you make a choice to make sure you don't use, even though you get angry, you make a choice to know what you're about to say, how you're about to act.
0: I try to, but yeah. I make too many mistakes.
1: But 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 in a situation, this is a situation where somebody could say, "Well, he got angry." Yeah, but fighters don't just get angry they're trained to be a fighter they're trained for shoving they're trained for that environment they're trained for that stuff more than you or someone else they this is what they live in this is what they prepare in that stuff that stuff doesn't get them shaken that stuff doesn't startle them that sh- stuff doesn't make them fall apart and go crazy that stuff is part of where they live, Yeah. part of where they work. That, that's like saying a Navy SEAL sees big waves coming, and now all of a sudden they're going to be thrown and they're going to be influenced in a negative way and startled by those waves. No, they're not. They sleep in those waves. They live in those waves. They trade in those waves. They shiver in those waves to get ready. Fighters do that. Fighters live in that place where there's shoves, where there's tormenting, where there's, where there's egging on, where there's temptation, where there's threat. That's where fighters come from. You, you take a soldier, you go out on a battlefield, and the soldier sees a gun. Uh, are they going to all of a sudden get startled by that? No. 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 They expect to see that gun. fighter expects to have those things happen. So it's a choice. It's a decision. Now, why did he make the choice? I, I know he's better than that, but I'm just saying, why did he make the choice to go there when asked a question, to go to that place and to talk that way with a young son there? Yeah, Canelo didn't make that choice. I know we're not all the same. I get it. But... You don't. I know he don't want to do that in front of his son. I know that, but he did. And I would presume there was other people's sons there too that are young, that probably don't want their sons to have to hear that. And I would go further. I would say, you know, again, it pisses me off when people say, well, it's boxing. No, it's not. It's a choice. It's an individual choice. It's not boxing. It doesn't have to be. You go to the NBA before a game. Do you hear that? The NFL, do you hear that? In, in that kind of setting, in a press setting? No. No. They make a choice not to. Why do we make that acceptable? And we do. We do make it acceptable. And not just in boxing. In, in general, we, we don't hold people accountable for being better in certain circumstances where you have control over being better. You have a choice over being better. The commissioner there, the uh, Bennett. I mean, uh, are you kidding me? You, you telling me he's an FBI, former FBI? He he couldn't go over and whisper in his ear and say, "Danny, you know we can be better than that." He wouldn't say nothing. He'd be he'd be you know taking pictures with him. He'd be all around. Why, why would he tolerate that if somebody ran up on the stage and used that? You answer that. Would he? Absolutely not. Of course he wouldn't. But it's tolerated because. You're dealing with a star. You're dealing with a guy making $10 million. But you're dealing with people. You're just dealing with another human being. And don't we want to be the best human beings we can be? And again, I'm far from that. But I want to be that. I want to, I, I want to hold myself accountable to how I act. So what my kids think about me and the example that I give to them. I just think we go, I just think that, you know, make an example of the commission. He, he don't say nothing. And other people, they don't because they want to be around the star. Yeah. and And because we will accept less and we will compromise
0: things that we normally wouldn't compromise to be around a star. Well, no one did that more than Mike Tyson. When he came back from his comeback tour after he got out of prison, that one press conference when he went on a crazy rant, everyone just stood there and looked at him. And I mean, the things he was saying were...
1: But you still saw people, but you still saw fathers taking pictures with them right afterwards.
0: 100%.
1: I'm going to use a powerful word. Really. I think it's disgraceful. That we can't demand more of ourselves. That we can't demand some kind of accountability for those kind of behaviors. That mm-hmm. we want to be better. That that we just... That, and I know Danny's a good person, a decent person. I get it. And he's... But I'm just making a general point because the point was there for me to make a point. I could have left it alone. Yeah. Could leave the... Just leave it. But, you know... And, and maybe if he was strong enough, I'm going to go deep again maybe if he was strong enough to not use that word to be strong enough to to not make that choice to make that word use that word at that point maybe to not go there to not go there maybe he could have been strong enough in the fight to go to the right place when he needed to go further to that place Yeah, maybe he would have had this straight I just think that those things are connected I agree. I I'm just trying like to give people part of a defense an understanding of, and and a reason that these things matter. That they do matter. They that over we are strong in these departments in these areas. We can be stronger in other areas mm-hmm. that that are more important to us. That if we can be strong enough to make choices, the right choices we can make choices, the right choices somewhere else. Yeah. That they that they are intertwined. That that there is a connection, you know, with such things. Mm-hmm. He you know, he he used during the, Danny doing the press what I'm talking about, he said, I'm from
0: Brownsville. He used that as though that's to scare somebody. I always think it's funny that people think that they're tough because they were raised in a particular neighborhood. He is, like, tough. Yeah, he is tough. Yeah, I is, agree. Not but not it. because he's from Brownsville. But listen, but what does that mean?
1: I, I know some of the greatest people from Brownsville and, and all the fighters. There were some great fighters from there, but, but people that never became fighters, that are just great people from all kinds of tough fight. But what I'm saying is, what did I say earlier? We shouldn't be trying... To have somebody be weak for us to be strong, right? We shouldn't look for something to make people weak to be strong. We should look for one thing: us yeah. to make them weak. Us, our strength to weaken them. Not, not something else. Not something else. And hoping that it weakens them. So, to, to me, it's all. And nobody else going to touch on this. But to me, it's like, oh, I'm from Brown, so you should be scared. Well, do you hear Canelo say I'm from Juarez? That's a pretty tough place in Mexico. Yeah. I don't know if that's where he's from, but I'm just saying yeah. you can grab a city. Yeah. I'm from Juarez. Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, He's from the Ukraine. Guess what? There's some real rough places in. The, guess what? It ain't an easy life coming from the Ukraine. Okay? But do you hear that? No. No, but because. It's because they're dependent on what matters, not on that, and it's it's almost as though you know i'm 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 from Brownsville and I have brownsville i'm, I'm i ive well last I look, you're in the ring alone, that's right they ain't getting in the ring with you, number one, number two, so what okay, great, but is is that meant to what is that meant to do, and maybe maybe. My point is if you weren't dependent on Brownsville to help you, maybe you would have built up the strength that you actually needed to help yourself That when that moment came to do a little more when the door was open. That you didn't do more. Because Brownsville wasn't going to do it. And the final thing, because I'm, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Freaking. But... And Danny, again, I, I, he's, he's one of the few people that probably could get cross-endorsements in this sport. That's that's how good a representation of a human being that he is. But that's why I'm saying this.
0: Exactly. I think that's what the point is. Be I'm better! Not, that's why it was surprising. Please!
1: No, I'm just saying, really. Because I don't want to hear this. Listen, you know one of the people I admire most? Not because he's a star, because who he is on television doing the stuff that I do, you know, in a different sport, commentating and all that. Charles Barkley. Yeah. I do. I just, I, I I like him as a person. I like what he stands for. I like his honesty. I like his not being afraid to make people not, to say things that people won't like. And if he believes in saying them. Uh, even people close to him. I admire him for that. For the for that because he thinks the truth Of what he believes in is more important than the falseness of having people side with him. Yeah. Because he won't say it. Mm -hmm. Well, you never know where those people really are anyway until you know. Yeah. Until you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One good thing about being brutally frank sometimes, you find out (laughs) quicker (laughs) whether or not somebody really believes in you or really wants to be near you. Yeah. You find out quicker. It's it's kind of like uh, using some of that mosquito spray, you know. It gets rid of uh, people. <laughs> it, it gets rid of them pretty quick. Yeah, not just mosquitoes. Yeah, and and i and that's and but the one thing I, I think it was Charles that I had disagreed with him, and I understood it. I understood because it was his, it was part of his persona. It was part of his belief. It was part of his core. Where I think it was him. You correct me if I'm wrong where years and years and years ago, with the Nike commercial, all this stuff, where he came out and said, I'm not a role model. That's him. And then again, that speaks to his honesty. It speaks to him saying, no, no. And I get it. Parents should be a role model. That's right. Yeah, I'm not a role model. I do care about how I behave, but I'm not a role model. But, But I'm just saying that sometimes we're things that we don't choose to be. That there is a kid watching a fight that wants to be Danny Jacobs, wants to be Canelo. And I get it, it's not his responsibility to be a role model. I'll say it again, I get it, I get it. But sometimes because we're blessed and because of our hard work and because our gifts from nature, from God, whatever you happen to believe in, that we're in a position where people will look up to us. And we we don't have a responsibility to be a role model at that moment. But we have a responsibility not to screw it up. We have a responsibility not to be something less, not to be something else. We don't have to be a role model. But in that position where people do look up to you, whether you ask for it or not, don't be something that they shouldn't look up to during that moment. Be, Be stronger than that. Be less selfish than that. Be more conscious than that. Be, be better. Yeah. Be be what your title is, champion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a role model. Be a champion, mm-hmm. because a champion represents a lot more than that green and whatever color belt, whatever organization you're representing. You know that 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 belt that you carry in the ring. Yeah, it's great but it's great because of what it represents. It's not great because of what it's made out of. You're great. You're a champion because of what you represent. You're great because of what you're made of. Show it. Part of being a champion, part of being a champion, is just not that you can carry a belt and that you can, you know, hear that word when you get in the ring. Part of it is what it. What it means to other people. When they look at a champion, that's what a champion looks like. That's how a champion behaves. Wow, I want to be a champion. That, that's how a champion walks. That's how a champion talks. That's how people look at a champion when he walks in a room. That that's that's what a champion is. It's it's what it's what people look up to. It's what what can entice people to be more? It, 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 being a champion is about how you, you know, how you comport yourself, how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself. And to a certain extent, that means how you influence other people. Again, you're not trying to be a role model. But a champion means you're special. A champion means not just that you're special because you throw the ball farther and because you punch harder and quicker and you put combinations together and, and you, you run faster and, and you jump higher. And you know. Because of the way you behave. Because you behave special. When the time comes to behave special, comes. That's a champion. You find a way to behave better than you might feel like behaving. Yeah. That's a champion. And I'm just saying, so you don't have to be a role model, but since you are called middleweight champion of the world, just be that. That's enough. Yeah. Just be that. And when you when he said, you know, and he went into saying Danny was talking about use the word culture he said you know I'm building culture and and then how do you build culture when you drop the f bomb i mean for me tell me if i'm wrong i get what he was saying but if you're going to be something and you're going to say you're something what's that old saying you're going to talk to talk you got to walk to walk yeah that's fair Is that fair? Very. So, if you're going to talk about these things, and these are such important things, and you know what? People like Danny need to talk about them. They need to talk about them. Talk more about it, Danny. They need to talk about it. We need it. We need it. You haven't looked around out there? We got problems. (laughs) We got problems. Please. We need it. This is important. So do it. But if you're going to talk culture, don't talk it as you're using the F word. I mean... Cursing's not culture. It's a choice. It's a weak choice. Culture's strong. Culture's not weak. Culture teaches, builds people. Doesn't lessen them. That kind of behavior lessens people. Doesn't build them. Culture leads. It it gives positive examples of our past so we can build on them for the future. I mean, that's Culture. Culture's power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not weak. Culture's up. It's not down. I, I, I just wanted to. I'm just saying that if you're going to be in that position as a champion, not a role model. Understand your words and their meaning and the significance before you just toss them around. They're important. They're important. Yeah. And. Taking responsibility is important. And um, you know what? Sorry if I went uh, down a road that wasn't just purely about jabs and right hands and uppercuts and uh, counterpunching. But I I thought it was a road that I have a platform. And if I can't use, I tried to use it for 20-something years on ESPN to protect the fighters, to care about the sport, to say things, to write wrongs. And again, I'm far from being a perfect person, but I do care about being better. I do care about the right things. I do care about the world that my children live in. I do care about uh, what my kids think about me and how I behave when moments come. And I do care about responsibility as, as being a parent. And I thought that it's my responsibility having a platform. I can either just go and just, you know, clock out. Mm -hmm. Or during that time that I have an audience, I can say things that I think might be important. Yeah. And that's what I did.
0: I hope that if Danny's listening, the one thing that he takes away from this is that if you didn't care, you wouldn't say anything. Right? It's easy if you see something you just don't care about. It's like the opposite of love is indifference. So when I hopefully was that's years, what. years
1: being all those years are you you know, saying some of those things cause problems for me. Oh, I'm sure. And and but but then every once in a while I would I go through an airport and somebody come up and say, Ted, thanks. Thanks, Ted, for saying that.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'd be like, and I'm weak. Like anyone else could get weak. I was like feeling down and a little like who cares? Nobody <laughs> cares. What the fuck am I? Here? Oh, yeah. The solo idiot out there, <laughs> and, and and then all of a sudden another guy come by. Teddy, thanks, thanks for saying that. Yeah. So some people can, you know, and um, but they can't say it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just figured that when I used to work at ESPN, well I still do, but I'm saying when I was doing the regular commentating on the ringside, I, I would say, and I still do the Sports Center stuff, but I I would say, gee we have choices here, you know. I'd just get my paycheck get the hell out of here yeah <laughs> sometimes I'd sit down sometimes. I'd like to sit down say, after a tough week you know say uh, talk to myself and just get out of here just <laughs> get into the fight go lefts and rights And you know just get out of here get the hell out of here you know you, uh, you're gonna get paid tomorrow just, just get out of here and then all of a sudden the light would go on I'd start talking and something would happen i just get out of here because you know this guy t- t- just get out of here come on, come on let's get out of here get get, get out of here you know? get paid you know go somewhere nice with your wife uh, on the weekend get out of here and all of a sudden <laughs>
0: <I've> <laughs> involuntary started, reaction
1: and i'm not out of there. yeah i'm, I'm in there
0: yeah and
1: why I'm no I'm no saint I'm no I'm no great you know warrior no great protector we have those people out there but you know what I I I I care you know and I make a choice of what I care about and sometimes when you say you care about something you gotta show it yeah and sometimes when you show it uh, you gotta show it in a way that uh, there's no guarantee that everyone's gonna agree there's no guarantee that there's not gonna be a few bruises for showing it
0: yeah All good points, and um, before we before we leave that, before we end the um, conversation on Canelo, um, I saw just uh, either yesterday or today De La Hoya came out. Sometimes your
1: partner, not you, not you. Yeah. And God bless you for it. And I'm being, you know, fooling around, but I'm being serious. I would notice as I started saying those things that it can be a little difficult. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, you get a little far away. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, you know, so what did you I'm not with him <laughs>
1: what did you think about that and uh, you know but um but I didn't see any of that with you and uh I love you for that thank you
0: <laughs> we're in it we're in it together one of the things I wanted to talk about just quickly is um I saw a comment from De La Hoya he said um Oh, maybe for next fight, we get Spence to move up like Mikey Garcia did two weight classes and um, fight Canelo at 160. And I don't know. I saw it and I was thinking, number one, Garcia was looking for that fight. Spence isn't out there campaigning to move up two weight classes. So why call him out? And if you're going to call out Spence, why not suggest, I me? Mean, I don't know, maybe the voice of reason, meet him in the middle. Why don't you try and get him to move up one weight class? You come down a weight class. I just think it's interesting that the promoter is out there, like, calling out these, like, mythical fights. I mean, if that's the case, why not call out the heavyweight champ? See if you can meet him in the middle. I mean, are you just going to call out people from different weight classes that have the biggest names? No, I agree with you. Let me answer silly.
1: Could we maybe call this the human condition again? Yeah. That you just put your best foot forward. You're just thinking to yourself. You're not thinking of nobody else. You're being a selfish. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, and a businessman. And if you could get away with it, you would get away with it. Yeah. Let me ask you, Oscar, how would that work out for you against Hopkins Oof. when you moved up to it? Right? Did it work out? Uh, not that good, right? Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> maybe you want to rethink that, the seriousness of it. I mean, it's easy for you to say. Yeah. And I get it. He's a promoter. He, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it makes sense.
0: Although I would, else. although I would love to see them fight at 154. I think that would be an exciting matchup. Um, to see Spence and uh, Canelo at 154.
1: Yeah, listen. Let's not forget. No, and is to Oscar too a little bit. Let's not forget that this journey was taken at one time by a guy named Canelo. Mm-hmm. That one time, there was a time. And again, see, that's the one thing. I'll go back on the other side and I'll, I'll let you flatten me. I, I'll say, go ahead. Uh, let the let the rain rain, you know, if, if that's the case and I got to walk in it. Yeah. But I will make the point that to what Oscar's touching on a little bit, and I could stand by what I said previously, but there was a time when Canelo was making that journey when people thought, oh, my God, <laughs> you better not. Try to walk up that mountain, uh, going up towards a guy named Golovkin. Uh, ho, ho, ho and let's not forget, Canelo did start off as a junior welterweight, went up to a welterweight. And, but let's also and remember he that, that junior... he has some
0: PED problems too. And You know, yes, just moving up that yes, kind maybe of maybe that
1: helped him. Maybe that maybe. Helped give him confidence. Maybe, maybe that maybe that did. And that's a shame. It's a damn Not shame. just confidence, but, but physically and like maybe that was part of the equation team. where they were able to say yes because they. They, you know, uh, what's that song? Do a little help from my friends, <laughs> right? Maybe, um, but all I'm saying is he did make the journey. Canelo did make the journey from junior welter to welter to junior middleweight to middle. And during that journey, some people, you know, thought that he might as well be trying to, you know, climb the Himalayas without oxygen, without a backpack without a warm coat, uh, to, to get up to that mountain that Golovkin was on. And forget about it. But he did go up that mountain. He did, he did finally decide, and maybe with help from his friends, uh, unfortunately, but he did decide to take that climb up yeah. that mountain and do what people thought couldn't be done. He scaled it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not impossible. And then if we go back to earlier days in this great sport, they did it a lot. There were yeah. catchweight fights all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what my favorite fighter of all time is? There's a few of them. Uh, Henry Armstrong. Oh, what a monster. First of all, he had a few fight names, but one of the greatest... Um, homicide Hank if you got a phone call you will find homicide Hank you go hide out you they don't find Ken
0: We can't get in touch with Wait, him.
1: Have you seen Ken He's in the I Himalayas you know what I have, I have
0: without a parka. Without, without a claw without anything you know if that's hey, homicide Hank tell him I died
1: <laughs> you know I mean I'm just saying they called him Hammond Hank but homicide Hank was the best. listen Henry was the, I don't know, I I just think he was the greatest and one of the greatest. First of all, that time will never come again. He had 300 fights. Yeah. He had maybe 120 knockouts. 120 (laughs) knockouts, please. Uh, Maybe 115, whatever it was. But this is a guy who held the full featherweight title, Full lightweight, no, no in between titles. Mm-hmm. None of these, you know. You, I got 22 titles junior, this in between junior, this uh, the regular, regular, this silver, that <laughs> uh, copper, this uh, cup, uh, what. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Uh, you, you need goggles like like the jockeys in a race to keep that stuff from hitting you. I, <laughs> I mean, just to see clear after a while. Yeah. But here's the thing: he held the featherweight, lightweight, welterweight title simultaneously, defending him. and he fought for the middleweight title against Severino Garcia. He refused to make a deal with the boys. You know that they want him to make a deal. Mm-hmm. So what happens? They rob him. It's a draw you know he won. Yeah. 15-round draw, he won. Yeah. So really, if if things were fair, and they're not fair, but if they were, he would have had featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight. You talk about a monster, man. <laughs> you talk about, like my son says, when he sees these great players in the NFL, in a complimentary way, he says, guy's a beast. Yeah. What a beast. This guy is dead. I, I mean, this guy was a beast. Homicide Hank, baby. And then my favorite with him, It's another guy. You know who it was. Who? Sam Langford. Now he was in the twenties, and he was around when it was a bad, when our country wasn't as great. I was trying to get better, and it got better. But it wasn't as great as it is now, because it was during a time where black fighters, black people, weren't treated fairly, and so he couldn't get it because he was black. He couldn't get a title shot. You know, he couldn't fight some of the white fighters and couldn't be able to do the things that he should have been able to do purely on his merit of what he was. But that didn't stop Sam Langford. That's why he's so special to me. That didn't stop him. He didn't cry about it or this or that. He just went out and beat everyone in non-title fights, whatever it was, whatever they fight him. He beat everyone from lightweight to heavyweight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and he beat nine Hall of Fame champions. When you're a Hall of Fame champion, that means you're the greatest. Yeah. Not just a champion. He beat nine of them in non-title fights. Sam Langford was – so it, 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 there's a history in the sport of you moving in up and down, but these are special guys. Mm-hmm. Because to do that, you got to be special internally and externally. You will be externally physically. You got to be able to be smart. You got to be have a high intellect. Yeah, you, you have to have you know know the, all the nuances. You got to know every nook and cranny of that ring. You got to know all the tricks. You got to be st- all those things, and you got to be mentally able to handle the the threat of that, mm-hmm. the 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 temptation of of those doubts coming over the wall. Uh, like ninja, yeah, and and crippling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be the package, baby. You gotta be everything, and he was everything. He was everything. He was the package, and he could move up and down and wait. Uh, oh my God, <sighs> there he is! And look, look how special he looks. If you're special, look, look. That's what a special guy looks like. That's that's all you need to know. That uh, nobody ever saw a special guy a champion. That's a champion. That's a special guy. I mean. Look at this. Uh, where Where is his stats? Where's the record of fights? Do we have that?
0: Um, yeah, we've got it here. Total fights, wins, wins by KO. Look at all the 256. Class.
1: 256. Now let me tell you something. This he had more than that, and I don't want, And you You got to do me a favor. You got to find Armstrongs because he had three hundred fights, but he had more than two fifty six. And I'll explain to you why it's not showing. Back in those days, there were certain states. That boxing was not legal. Yeah. It was abolished. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. So, I think that's the same with
0: Armstrong here.
1: Probably. And and so what you would do is you would have you would go to a stage, you still have to fight, but nobody would record it. The yeah. fight wouldn't be recorded with judges. So what they did was they called it a newspaper decision. The local newspaper the next day would write who they thought won. Yeah. So those won recorded those fights. So some of these guys might have had a hundred of them. Yeah can you imagine a hundred of them besides the 200 that are on record so there's no telling how many fights but I can tell you the legend and with legend you don't know what's that. now back in those days they didn't just fight you know 12 rounds or 10 rounds or 15 rounds sometimes they fought 20 30 <laughs> you know it depends on you know whatever when how many rounds yeah. they went and this was a fight and it's the legendary story I don't know if it's accurate all i know is i love it yeah i don't i love this story and sam langford earned this story so he's fighting another fighter and and a good fighter good fighter but he's going but he's not sam langford and a guy knows the legend of sam and they used to weigh in the morning right before the fight and they'd go fight and they would walk out they would walk out with the robe draped over their shoulders yeah and like special guys these these are special i mean and they walk out, and there might have been an arena that was just put together in plywood and everything out on a field where there'd be 30,000 people there, 40,000 people there. And they're walking out, and they just finished with the weight, and they're walking out, and I don't know how many rounds the fight was. could have been 20, could have been 30, whatever it was. And they're walking out to the the field where the ring is, and as they're crossing by each other here's this guy he's got to fight Sam Langford That like Ken getting a cold that he's got to fight Homicide you know what I mean your, 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 your legs might, might be straight you know I'm what fake, I mean I'm they, faking they, a low blow they might be they might be wobbling a little yeah. you know they might be crickling a little yeah. they might be making a little noise just maybe they might look a little bit less than like, they might look like Mama spaghetti on a Sunday they've been sitting there a little little weak yeah A little weaker than they want to (laughs) be. And, uh, you know, and they're walking out there. And as they're walking out, this other fighter. Again, I don't know if it's completely true. I just know that the story's there. And he's walking out. And as they cross each other, the guy who's fighting, the great Sam Langford, they're going out there and they're carrying boxes. You know why? You always wonder, where did that saying come from? I don't know that it came from here. But here's a good example of where things can come. Remember that saying, bring your lunch? Yeah. Well, if you're going to be fighting 30 rounds, 20 rounds, 40 rounds, whatever it was, guess what? It was a good idea to bring your lunch. Yeah. Because you're going to be out there all day. Yeah. So now they're going out there and there was a custom where they would bring a little crate with oranges. Mm-hmm. That's what they thought they that would give them sugar and give yeah. revive them and give them nourishment that they needed to you know yeah. start being out there for all those rounds. So, I guess whatever amount it was, if it was thirty, he had thirty oranges to fight her. If it was twenty, he had twenty oranges. Whatever it was, so they're crossing paths. All of a sudden, the guy looks and he sees Sam, and Sam's only carrying five, and he don't have a box. He's got them like this. <laughs> and he's got five oranges. And a guy looks and goes, Sam, you 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 miscounted, Sam. You, you you only got five. And he looked at him, Sam Langford, the great Sam Langford, looked at him and said, Only gonna need five. <laughs> <laughs> only gonna need five. Can you imagine him looking at you saying that <laughs> Can you imagine? That's yeah. a good one. Huh? Yeah, that's right? a good one. And he knocks him out in the fifth. Now, again, is that is that, uh, is that just part of the legend that grows? Maybe. Maybe. But it's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up here. I just want to give a quick shout out again to all the listeners, everyone who's been leaving reviews, leaving comments. We really appreciate it. The winner of the um, signed glove by Teddy and Alex Vosdick, uh, YouTube subscriber Steve McCowan. And the iTunes review is Alexandros double H-A-S-S-I-O-T-T-I. You guys are the winners of the gloves. We will uh, be in touch. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Uh, really appreciate the support. Teddy, you got anything?
1: Just one thing. Yeah. Congratulations on doing something very special. You you know, we didn't say it the last show a couple of weeks ago, but you ran in the Boston Marathon. You, I mean, anyone who can finish the Boston Marathon, but to be... To finish the way you did, I think it was two thirty, somewhere in that neighborhood, Uh, but but just to do it, that's a tremendous feat, and uh, congratulations. Thank you, I
0: appreciate Uh, it.
1: I mean, it really is. Uh, Thanks, man.
0: Because because
1: that's a fight, that's a fight, that's a fight. It's definitely a
0: mental battle.
1: Well, that's what it was—a physical battle too. It's twenty-six miles. Yeah. I mean, you can be humble, but it's twenty-six miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, you, you gotta you got to be pretty strong physically and mentally. There's got to be walls that you hit. Oh, yeah. There's got to be walls you hit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's got to be times where you question yourself, what the fuck am I doing this for?
0: Uh, every single time I run a race, I say that, regardless of the distance. But you make a decision. There's got to be choices made during that race. All the oh, stuff
1: we oh, talked about earlier. Am I right? 100%. Like,
0: How like, you going to behave? Like with Amir Khan, when I start to struggle, knowing that no one cares about this race except me, I, no one is going to ask me or, or look for justification if I decide, you know what, I've had enough of this shit. I'm just stepping off the course. I can't do this anymore. And I'm just going to say, ah, I pulled a hamstring. Uh, my calf got tight. But like you would say, I know what I did, and I can't live with myself if I didn't, like, empty the tank. And that's typically what I do. It's usually either, like, a, a PR or the ER, personal record or the emergency room.
1: <laughs> oh, congratulations.
0: Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Uh, really,
1: it's, And I'll finish with this. I heard there was a guy that ran a race uh, talking about how great fans across the pond they never forget about. You. Uh, <laughs> trust as Big Ben.
0: Yeah, I saw that Swiss at Big the London, London Marathon,
1: London, yeah? In a London Dressed as Big Ben. I'm going to leave it with this. I don't even think him would be buying a ticket to Kell Brook and Khan.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it. I love you guys.
0: And with that, we're out. Thanks for joining.